Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, the show that brings together members of the Australian podcasting community to talk about stuff. I'm Ashley Hobley from the Explosion Network, and in this episode, we've assembled Paul James from player2.net.au. I like stuff. That's good. Uh, also, <laughs> Drew Agnew from the House of Mario. Hey, how we going, guys? And Buddy Watson from dashgamer.com. I also like stuff, but I also hate stuff, so this is going to be an interesting conversation about stuff. Get stuff. Stuff is always the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure our listeners, if they're regular listeners, will have noticed that we've been away for a little while. Yeah, we're getting it's, sun. It, it's it's been a busy couple of months. <laughs> yeah, scheduling is difficult. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> well, it's so hard when there's like you know, we're all from kind of different uh, in quotation marks outlets, and we're all doing our own different recordings for our own shows here and there, and then you get a month like we had in June with e3 and everyone's recording more or everyone's you know doing more stuff so um here we are finally stuff. Yeah, so, finally yeah, the more, more of that stuff much requested like, return so. <laughs> 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 all right let's just just jump in we've all got some topics to talk about uh i'm gonna kick things off uh because there's kind of been three things that have been spurring my thoughts about uh spoilers uh so obviously everybody knows spoilers you don't do spoilers spoilers just ruin stuff apparently um but there's been three events in the last couple of months that I think have sort of shaped the way I think about spoilers and what's acceptable, I guess, again. Those things are Game of Thrones, which I know Buddy doesn't like, but <laughs> suffer through this. Uh, Avengers spoil, Endgame. Don't, don't, don't spoil it for the viewers. They don't know I don't like it yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Avengers Endgame and uh, E3. So I thought okay. we'd just sort of go through those three sort of genres, I guess. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on spoilers for movies? Because I feel like... In most cases, you just don't talk about that sort of thing until, like, well after its initial... Mm-hmm. Until it's released on home video or something. But, but with these last two Avengers movies, it feels like maybe a week or two and people have started talking about the endings. I mean, it, the snap is, like, a thing that's well-known within popular culture. Like, yeah. within three to four weeks after the movie came out. And I, I still like. haven't so- even seen the relevant movie and I still understand what that whole snap is and what happens and... It- gives me the shits but anyway yeah you're 100 <laughs> yeah right. so yeah so paul what are your thoughts on movies um i mean i when it comes to film and we'll use like you were talking about marvel movies and we'll use that as the guide i'm about 10 or 11 movies behind so it's gotten to the point where i'm going to hear things and i just have to trust that i'm going to forget them the snap is not <laughs> the snap is not okay. one of those things yeah um the death at the end of the la- or at the end at some point during the latest one that's not one of those things, unfortunately. But hopefully by the time I finally get to watch those movies in 2030, I might have forgotten. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 just one of those things where um, we, the four of us, as well as many others from Some Assembly Required and other you know outlets around Australia, we, we immerse ourselves so much in social media that it's almost, it's inevitable at some point these things are going to pop up in our feeds, whether we like it or not. Um, whether you're actively trying to avoid them or not, um, you obviously re- reference Game of Thrones there, and buddy, you're not you're not a f- uh, not a fan. Spoilers, but um, I'm sure you know enough about the show anyway, just based on things that people say or think, you know, gifts that get used or whatever the case may be on the internet. It's it's the sort of thing where the only thing you can really do to avoid being spoiled is to get offline. Yeah, I know enough story beats from uh, just being on Twitter or anything like that where I think I could piece together what happened in the season. 
Mm, yeah, I, I'm the yeah, I'm the same fair. way as Buddy. I I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I feel like if I did, and like I wouldn't be able to watch it like as soon as it happens, probably most of the time. And just seeing how much stuffs on Twitter and having it spoiled, where it's like a a real uh, uh, s- series that gets impacted by spoilers, I'd be pretty pissed. I reckon if I was really uh, hanging for each episode, but people are spoiling it in America like as soon as it happens. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that, I mean, they, that that differential from location to location or, you know, region around the world does throw up other issues as well. Um, Australia does from time to time, and it's happened less less and less so these days, but we are victims of staggered releases from time to time, and it just means that the internet's saturated with things by the time the movie, game, TV series, whatever it happens to be, actually becomes available in the country. Mm, it yeah. does happen less and less these days, but we, we do fall victim to that sometimes as well. Mm. I feel like there's a different etiquette though when it comes to something like a TV show and also um, movies. I, like something like Twitter, I find that you know people aren't really spoiling movies as much. Endgame is probably, I guess, the exception to the rule, despite the Russos having this awesome campaign of you know don't spoil it or whatever for you know, one two weeks, and then they came out and said, oh, it's kind of fair game for Endgame now, um, but unless it's really like a part of the zeitgeist at the time like you said Avengers Marvel movie Game of Thrones like it kind of I don't feel like it's as prevalent with some things like you know Toy Story 4 came out recently someone's like don't spoil I'm like you would have to really try hard or be around certain people that were going to spoil it anyway like with sometimes the Game of Thrones or event movies like uh, Avengers I'm like well you just have to avoid the internet altogether whereas you know, Toy Story 4 comes out something like it's that it's okay I'll... everyone's allowed to know that Woody gets a Woody <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so. I don't think he it does it's only a matter of time like four Spoilers. it's been four movies really <laughs> I haven't seen it <laughs> and Woody's well, finally growing plastic, up so. <laughs> well, what's I your... mean if there was any movie for him to get a Woody in it would be this one <laughs> <laughs> spoilers Oh, what's your thoughts, Ash? It's your, your your topic, obviously, and it's you've kind of yeah. I mean, I think for movies, it's yeah, definitely wait till home release, and then. But yeah, with the very rare exceptions, I guess some certain things like obviously Avengers Endgame was like a whole movement, yeah. whole moment in time where everybody felt like they needed to make. I feel because it was the end of something as well, hmm. and like people wanted to thank certain people for their involvement in the decade long production slate i guess uh with people leaving i guess the project after this film so yeah i I guess it's hard to avoid yeah i feel like for most most of the uh, part it's uh it's frowned upon because i remember there was a was it this american footballer who just like blatantly came out the theater he just went like oh oh, i can't believe this happened oh my god and he's just like filming with his kid and like the kid's screaming out what's happening and um just puts it right there in the tweet and it's just you know millions of people are following this guy and and that was probably, I don't know uh, when he saw it. I don't know if it was in the first week. He might have even got exclusive access to it. But it's just that I, I know if I saw that before um, going to see it, I would have been pretty pretty upset. Because especially yeah. when it's a series like you've been following for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like with the Avengers, they were probably pushing the spoiler thing as well, like to get people to go those first couple of weeks. Like, oh yeah, you yeah. need to see this before people start talking about it. Like, it, yeah. It, it can be a promotional tool in some ways yeah mm. that's what I think it is for a lot of things as well yeah give us your money in the first two weeks so we can beat all these movies like as fast as possible 
there's so many jerks out there they're gonna spoil the movie on you so you better fork out early and go and see it yeah don't wait until it's on stand (laughs) hurry up right now and just the way the way things are with social media now and and how things get turned into memes it's all of a sudden like oh it's not a spoiler here's four images you know Avengers Endgame four images without context and you know like yeah that's still kind of a spoiler um because then you start guessing in your mind like well, well this happens or that happens or people try and dance yeah. around things like oh my god can't believe that twist ending and um yeah well that it's kind still of a weird thing that it really seems to for the most part and again i'm not the biggest movie guy in the world so some maybe some things just sail straight over my head but it seems to really only affect the biggest of big movies so those ones that people feel like they need to talk about not necessarily so they can spoil it but they've I just I need to get this off my chest. There's this emotional investment. So whether it's something you know, say the say the Avengers, something Marvel related, uh, maybe it's Star Wars at the end of the year. I mean, when Last Jedi came out, whether you love or hate it, people wanted to talk about that from moment one. The things they liked, the things they didn't, whatever it was, and it wasn't yeah. they weren't actively trying to spoil it on people. And mm. more often than not, you see, hey, I've got these thoughts, and they you know they fill out that that tweet so that it disappears into the show more space or Facebook or you know, equivalent, whatever the, whatever the platform is, yeah. they are actively trying to avoid it. But then you can't help but see these things sometimes yeah. um, just because someone else comments or someone likes or yeah. whatever it is. And it, it's over at that point. Great example um, is the first, the first ever saw movie that came out. Um, I wanted to see that in the cinemas and I didn't get a chance on the Thursday night and first new release and my mate saw it and he saw me on the weekend he's like have you seen it yet i'm like nah he's like oh my god don't let anyone talk to you about it at all i'm like yeah all right okay (laughs) okay i'm not going to just don't let anybody talk to you (laughs) (laughs) don't speak to people but there was no facebook or twitter at the time yeah so i'm like okay cool unless someone walks up to me and goes oh or you know i walk past someone and go oh fucking this happens in saw or whatever like okay i'm not gonna have it spoiled there was no kind of really fear for spoilers anyway um, yeah, I guess the only other time it's I'm worried about spoilers if it's something I'm kind of keen to see already, like like Saw. If it's someone, have you seen? Have you have you all seen Saw? Uh, no. Oh yeah, I think I saw the first one years and years ago. You haven't yeah, seen Saw, while. have you? Uh, um, Ash, that's yeah. right. That's one of your movies. No. Yeah, I could fucking spoil yeah, it's it on the right list. now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but it's got a great moment in it, and I was like, okay, if someone had told me that before I saw it that might be annoying because that would be a really cool what what the fuck moment um but you know if that saw's been out for however long since high school you know i don't know 2003 2004 whatever however long it's been out for if it's now and someone said oh this saw has this great moment or whatever and and they said the moment to me i'm like oh cool i've got to go see that movie now i'm not it's you know what i mean all this old media that's like this has a great moment this is this it, it almost gets told i'm like okay yeah cool i'll see it and that won't detract from my experience with it mm. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's like games as well I guess uh, you hear about some like cool moment like I tell you what that actually sounds like a, a cool moment and then I want to sort of experience it for myself and you sort of jump in there and then it might be the same with a movie but yeah, different, the, different, obviously different mediums but the only game that I feel like's ever really been spoiled that at least it affected me in any way was uh, Heavy Rain way back in 2010 because there was so much hype around it beforehand because of its you know multiple different branches and endings and all yep. these sorts of different things and then there was people that you know had gotten their hands on copies early whether it was um, some form of influence or reviewer a street 
street date break whatever it happened to be and people just posting spoilers about who the origami killer was yeah. well and truly before it came oh. out and mm. and you know it's a really shitty sort of spot to be in because all of a sudden you're, you're ducking for cover you're wondering you know if i click on this thing is this gonna spoil it or like is yeah. it gonna be in the comments someone gonna put something you know and you're, you're treading on eggshells all the time mm. yeah uh, it's interesting with video games, I guess now, especially probably with Final Fantasy VII getting remastered or remade or whatever yeah. they're deciding to call it, um, that that game is probably gone back to being something you can't spoil or talk about to a certain point. Hmm. Um, does this mean all video games should be spoiler free? I guess in case they get remastered and like get like, uh, am I really going to care what the ending of Medieval is in a couple of months? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I the guy's so. a skeleton. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> no, there's 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 a period there where it's just it's it's fair game, and there used to be this. I heard it on a podcast somewhere or whatever. I can't remember what it was like. If it's old enough to drink, then you can spoil it. I'm like, mm, even then, that's too fucking long. Like, is that in Australia, <laughs> America? What's the <laughs> for the yeah. sake of conversation? We're going to go Australia. Like six. I, I guess it sort of depends too. Like, if you're someone who like loves a game, and there was this moment in there that really resonates with you because of. Uh, of the surprise or whatever it might be maybe you don't want to tell people so then they can have the same experience you had mm. or maybe you'd, you'll decide to like tell them that moment to like convince them to play it as well like yes sort of, like, it depends on the moment I feel yeah mm. yeah if it's like this big death or something like that then that can actually you, you've really ruined a key moment there whereas in other cases you kind of teasing what's coming up can actually enhance and build that hype yep. further as well Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Final Fantasy 7 because that's actually a weird one and actually uh, like it actually popped in my head the other day because um, we'd recently had a podcast pop up on Player Two, and Final Fantasy VII had been a big topic of discussion. And I wasn't in, I wasn't in the episode, so I didn't actually really know what was there. I saw an article get popped up on the site for it, and the the header image was the key scene from Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, ah, oh, hang on, I've, I know this. I already I've seen this, and then it's then I started thinking, oh, but hang on, what about people who didn't experience this in the past? Is that spoiling it for them or is it just accepted well, that's it, common knowledge would it is it spoilery or is it I don't know I didn't look at the article so would um, someone who didn't know anything be able to oh, I determine mean, something from it it's it's. would you only there's, add significance to it because you know there's a key spoiler. death in that game and it is mm. yeah. that, that scene I feel so. like that is also a well known thing like yeah. within the gaming community yeah but death. I also do understand that on the flip side you will have people that are coming to this for the first time and you want to you want to do your best Protect to not people. spoil them, and I, um, and I'm not I'm not critical of Matt or whoever it was that actually put the post up um, and used that particular image. Their choice, whatever. Um, but it is that weird sort of thing. Like we we have this knowledge, we can't take back the things that we've said. Um, so everybody, we're sorry, buddy doesn't like Game of Thrones. Um, mm. But you know. We, I think we just do have to do what we can going forward and up until that release date and up until that remake of Final Fantasy VII is old enough to drink um, <laughs> to then not spoil it for anyone else. And, yeah, you, you can't help what's already out there because we couldn't possibly have known it was getting remade. Well, we probably could have possibly known in that case. It's taken a decade for it to finally get confirmed. But um, <laughs> we just do what we can once we have the knowledge that we've got at our disposal. So yeah. Medieval, which is announced early in the year and getting remade now if that story means a lot to you I'm sorry that I might have spoiled it three or four years ago just don't go and look for that content like, what's, sorry what's everyone's opinions on um, people 
avoiding trailers because trailers are spoilers. <sighs> I no. get it. Yep. Yeah, I understand, yeah. but it's they're not spoilers. Yeah, yeah. That is just you're actively choosing to not uh, mm. take in any marketing yeah. Yeah. or want to go in fresh, yeah. which I can appreciate because that is like a rare thing. Yeah, I, I appreciate the media that especially. That's my, it's, it would be my preferred method to um, go into a lot of movies fresh, and some movies I had um, being able to do that work on lot, like what lot, uh, smaller releases like Destroyer with Nicole. Kidman earlier on in the Cole year Kidman, yeah. I'd only read the synopsis uh, watched the first 30 seconds of a two minute trailer or whatever it was I'm like oh, okay cool I'm already on I'm already going to see this tomorrow night so I don't need to see anything else whereas if that movie had kind of come out you know watching a trailer for it and it's coming out in eight months time I'd probably just watch that trailer but because I'm already going to see it tomorrow I'm like ah well I can just wait um, but yeah. then there are other people that are like oh yeah. you know oh my god the new Star Wars trailer came out Star Wars isn't coming out till December like are you really going to Get avoid hyped. a trailer for that fucking long? Mm. Yeah, th- yeah, those Star Wars trailers, yeah. they don't seem to uh, really share that much story beats in it as well mm. as like what some do. Like some some trailers like set up A, B and C. Like <clears throat> throughout the whole story, they'll like basically show you what happens. Like this is the bit where, you know, the guy gets like breaks up with a girlfriend and like whatever the story is. And ideally you'd like to go into it thinking, oh shit, the guy broke up with his girlfriend. That was that was a sad moment, but you know that's going to happen if you've seen the trailer. So, um, I do feel like a lot of movies sort of show too much. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just just as far as like games go, I know like um, a couple of years ago when Pokemon Sword and not Sword and Shield was it, uh, Sun and Moon come out uh, in their marketing, they they revealed way too much. They were like like showing all the Pokemon everything, yep. whereas that series is basically about exploration and sort of discovery. And through their marketing, they took a lot of that out of the game and away from the experience of people who were really uh, savvy and waiting for those games. Yeah. And like, ideally, if I, I would avoid all Pokemon trailers throughout this year, but um, being a diehard and doing a Nintendo podcast, but I, because I you do a weekly that. Nintendo TV uh, podcast, but, you, know, <laughs> you need the content. Yeah, that's right. That's but I'm right. sure it'd be a really interesting episode for you to sit there and go, "Didn't watch the trailer. Don't know what we're talking about." See so, ya. Yeah. Yeah, and sure, episode sure nine hundred and sixty-two like... in the bank. <laughs> yeah. And as, as insensitive as I sounded before about oh, you know, Star Wars trailer eight months, like you're kidding yourself. Um, I also get it. I also get. I would. I'd, I in my ideal world, I'd love to go into it fresh, not seeing anything. But hmm. it's not the like. I'm not going to be in a cinema and walk out of it while the trailers are on to walk and then walk back in to avoid a fucking trailer at the cinema, like. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I had a friend that was so keen for Batman v Superman and he doesn't go to the movies often, but he went to the movies with me and he was sitting there and he's like over his ears and fucking not watching the trailer for Batman v Superman because he hasn't watched any trailer because he's not online. I'm like, real come, come okay. on, seriously? Are we going to this kind of levels right now? Even with um, Endgame, I think they, they dropped a trailer a month before. Yeah, something like, like that. that and for me I'm like uh, everyone's like you know it's trailer hype Everyone, the internet loses its mind I'm like cool um, I don't actually need to see this trailer because the movie's like we're gonna see it in four weeks like this trailer is I'm, I'm already sold like I don't really need to watch this trailer the one that struck but me but then is- in hindsight that trailer told you barely anything yeah true the one that struck me as being a bit weird was the fact that like with the the Spider-Man one that's just come out uh, Far From Home like the like yeah. they were there were trailers coming out saying, "Don't watch this. Like this, this yeah. will spoil oh, man, like Endgame." Yes. Um, 
like it was it was weird like in terms of that sort of marketing cycle because I feel like the, their eagerness to protect the end game experience people are probably going to go see it because it's a Marvel movie anyway and it's Spider-Man and Spider-Man's cool but it's a, it's a weird yeah. way to kind of market another movie because it's affected so heavily by a film that came out yeah. a month or two earlier yeah Ash why do you reckon they stuffed that up so much no it's just that yeah they some at some some theaters they played that before Endgame. Oh really? Like they put that at the front oh, of the movie. Oh, oh right, okay. So, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Yeah, not okay. great, but yeah, I thought they did the best that they could. Obviously, that was going to be a huge plotline yeah. for the is going to be a huge plotline for the film. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. So they didn't really have a choice but to include it in the A, and and that's a huge thing that's probably going to get millions of people to go see Spider Man after Endgame. Yeah, running off the hype. Obviously, yeah. Sony want to push that, seeing as if they're going to get their cut this time yeah okay uh i also wanted to talk about live tweeting like tv shows do you how do you guys feel about that especially with game of thrones where it seemed like you needed to watch that when it came out otherwise you were going to get unless you curated your twitter feed and i feel like this is something that's pretty much exclusively to twitter because you don't see anything like this on facebook or instagram or anything but well because you're still getting uh, too many except for the memes and stuff afterwards but um yeah how do you guys feel about that because i feel like people have been trained to live tweet stuff Especially with all the reality TV stuff, especially that have the hashtag in the corner, and it's sort of pushing you to engage with the show, I guess, at the same time, or yeah. have to watch it when it is. There's airs. buttons on your TV um, where your Twitter feed comes up that are associated with those shows, if you want, as well. Yeah. All oh, right. Mm. Crazy. Um, it's nuts. Um, I, I guess, get it, and I, I, I do it a lot as well, but specifically for sporting events and wrestling. So I and I follow a few yeah. people uh, that are really wrestling orientated, like um, Dave Engler from the Kind of Funny Facebook group. I don't really interact with him in any other form than follow him on Twitter. And then I, he when he tweets about wrestling, that's when I have back and forth. Other than that, I don't know him. Whatever. But I like talking to yeah. him about wrestling, and I know that he always live tweets pay per views. So today. Um, peek behind the curtain AEW's Fighter Fest was on I didn't get to watch it live so I knew not to go on Twitter because I know he I would see his feed constantly talking about it mm. yeah. so I'm like alright cool I won't go there um, damn I miss out on that and now I've watched it today I go back and then I might see something from him and I might reply to him or, or do something like that so for sporting events I think it works really well and I like that aspect of live because I feel like we can all ref bash together <laughs> that's right yeah um, be a part of that and I feel like with sporting events if you don't see a sporting event live then more more often than not people still will know the score or know something um, about it or they it's, it's just watching it not live is not as good like what game were you watching before Paul uh, yeah as we as we were beginning this episode Carlton and Freeman were playing and I'm not even a fan of either team but holy shit Carlton won and, and you know we're two or three minutes into the episode and I'm holding my phone up to you guys going look they did it they're not the worst team ever <laughs> yeah. like this is shock shock and awe sort so, of thing. so that's exciting for you now imagine if you're like I really want to watch that match and then you don't and then you, you watch Sorry, it later buddy. on not live and it finishes at 10 o'clock are you going to have the st- same feeling that you have now yeah it doesn't it doesn't have the same effect it doesn't yeah because it's already happened everyone else is it's, yeah the, it's, the shock and awe has been taken from you yeah it's, 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 it's been and gone so even if you don't know so the you, result it's, it's the shine's taken off it a little bit yeah so like you guys have these same rules for sporting events too you see that people like 
can spoil this for you, or do you sort of just look at the news and look at the scores after? Or no, I don't think I don't think you can spoil uh, live sporting events because no. I feel no. like if you're not watching it live, then you you either don't watch it at all, or you're actually in a place where you can't watch it and then you, you're actually seeking spoilers. You're seeking results, you know? If I'm in a place yes, where I can't I watch a football game, I know that I can open Twitter, go into the NRL account and they tweet every try with a score update. So if I'm out, it's a Saturday night, I can whip out my phone and go, oh, so-and-so scored, I get to watch the try quickly. That's the score. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Yeah, they, they break out these little snapshots for you regardless of the sport, whether it's NRL, AFL, soccer, uh, cricket, yeah, whatever, so whatever whatever your sport may be. They, they break out those little clips for you. It makes it a little bit easier to consume and it doesn't detract from the moment like if someone was to break out the big death from Avengers or Final Fantasy or whatever it happens to be, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they just... I mean, yeah. I guess technically you can't spoil real life, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Is, the, yeah. is the thing. No, I, I just know. But yeah, if if you know someone who's actively trying to avoid the game and it is yeah. like off everything, it's, it's still a dick move to tell them the score. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just know a few people that are like, all right, I've got the the game recorded. I haven't. I don't want to know anything about it. I just want to watch it as if it was live. And I didn't know whether you guys were sort of uh, in the same on the same boat as that. Why do I come? I respect it, but I can't do it anymore. For like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, how not can know. you stay off everything? Yeah, I had a guy coming to work, just actively knowing that it's just a touch away to know. Exactly. But there is that weird so difference hard. though between say sport and then some form of, uh, other form of entertainment because yeah sport like I I'm okay with if if I get sport like I need to know I need to know like if I can't for whatever reason I'm I'm on a plane or something like that and Geelong was playing and I I land at the airport I want to just know that score I don't I don't need the whole experience I'll go and watch it and I just, but I need this relief because it's just been <laughs> chomping away at me for the last two hours or whatever it is and I need to know what happened yep but then that game that TV show, that movie, whatever it is, you need to I'll see try what and protect myself as much as possible. I, I want to see the yeah. whole thing. I want to see the build up, the how it all plays out. Is it is it what I imagined it to be? Whereas I know what football looks like. Yeah, because the journey is more important yes, than the the result when it comes to uh, yeah. entertain entertainment versus sport. Which is why you get so uh, some people that get so bitter and so hurt over the endings of specifically TV shows more so these years. The you know the ending of Game of Thrones, the ending of Dexter, whatever oh, it happens God, to be, people get people get really <laughs> people get really angry because they've they've spent these years getting invested in this story arc and then it fizzles out for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, definitely. Let's rewrite Dexter. Uh, I guess <laughs> Dexter. Uh, I also wanted to mention. Well, with with E three this year, it was a bit weird. Obviously with all the conventions and everything but the leaks beforehand mm. um, I think it was Kotaku had a bunch of leaks beforehand and people were accusing him of spoiling E3 no. no 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 do you think leaks and news are spoilers no nah I, th- I think like at the end of the at the end of the day it is cool that if these these things do stay under wraps and they get revealed and it's like oh cool and you see it Rather than just like a headline on a website, but it's these it's these outlets' sort of job and responsibility to sort of uh, put news that they think their audience needs and uh, wants to see before beforehand. So I don't really have a problem with it. But if like say Breath of the Wild two uh, got leaked before like Nintendo could do it as their one more thing, that would be disappointing because that was like a big moment at the end of their presentation. Whereas if it was just like Kotaku article saying uh, Breath of the Wild two is in development, it's like ah. Uh, 
oh, that's cool. Like, it's still exciting. Like, you're going to get the same product at yeah. the end of the day, but it does take a bit of, like, the excitement out of E3 because, like, as gamers, we... Like, we, we are excited about watching the press conferences. We watch it as entertainment. And, like, even though it is, like, the marketing for the companies and all that thing, but, like, we don't we don't get up just to be like, all right, what games are we playing? Whatever. Go back to bed. Like, we're excited. We want to see it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of like... I don't think uh, it's it's a bad thing for Kotaku and these websites to be like putting it out, but um, yeah, it does take a bit of the the buzz out of it, a bit of the sting. Like I feel sorry for <clears throat> I feel sorry for the developers, um, etc., who hmm. put all this time and effort into it. They they whip up this amazing trail that's meant to have this massive pop when it when it finally emerges on the screen. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, it's it's a marketing thing. They're, they're trying to get that reaction. They're trying to get you to go over to EB Games or JB or whatever it is or digital stores and put your pre-order money down. Mm, yeah, so exactly. if if the news is there, if something leaks, then you, especially if you're the likes of a Kotaku or something like that, you, it's your job to report on it. So, mm. um, and it's it's not, you're not doing damage to anyone, like significant damage to anyone in any way. You're not... Uh, killing anyone or you know hurting anyone or whatever so just but you're it. ruining the enjoyment potential enjoyment of people which well, I think is people's argument about spoilers so then I guess we look at that in the same way that people should treat their TV shows and movies and stuff and maybe if they don't want it soured then go on a media blackout <laughs> for the week before E3 because yeah. we know that what's going to happen Lock Walmart the, the month before E3 yeah sure mm, yeah the six months before E3 <laughs> yeah just End of E3 2019, <laughs> go into blackout for E3 2020. Just, yeah, yeah mute the words E3 2020. Yeah. I, think, I think the end product is the is the same. Like, you know, you're watching something which you'd want to be surprised by and you don't want spoiled. But, uh, yeah, like like a TV show which is being put together by someone, like a story, whereas, like, you know, just E3 is like a big marketing machine. There, there is a difference there. Sorry, buddy, for cutting you off. <laughs> That's all good. E3, um, Watch Dogs 3 was leaked beforehand. Then they showed the yep. logo. Then they show 11-minute uh, demonstration for its reveal. Um, that was my game of the show. I, and it was leaked yes. beforehand because of what they showed. Now, mm. Drew, for you, Breath of the Wild 2 would be your megaton announcement. If they did a couple of days before said, oh, Breath of the 2 Wild might be announced. But then you see the announcement. It's like you can still... It's yeah, still, yeah, for sure. it's still like Watch Dogs Three. It's Watch Dogs Three. I still made me go, "Wow, this is holy shit!" Even though yeah, I already so, knew about the, it. Yeah, so. seeing that cinematic was still cool enough. Like, oh, here it is. It's actually here. Wow. Mm. Nice. Yeah. But is that is that the big difference between um, just being told? So Kotaku reports that hey, there's Breath of the Wild Two in development, and then actually them say getting their hands on the trailer and showing the thing because that Watch Dogs buzz would have been knocked straight out of us if. If uh, it had been you know leaked along with that meaty gameplay mm. demo that they were going to show, I, th- I think of uh, Bleeding Edge, which was at the Xbox conference, um, the new game from Ninja oh, yeah. Theory, the- and like the trailer, the f- what they showed for that conference was leaked. So when it popped up on the screen, it's like, oh yeah, cool, good, mm. gives me a minute or two to to tweet out about it because I I've already seen what I need to see. Yeah, mm. Actually, there, there was a there was a information, but uh, this. Uh, Twitter user, he actually had information on uh, what Nintendo was going to show at their E3 presentation, but Nintendo actually put a cease and desist on him, so he couldn't share anything about their 
products or whatever he knew he couldn't share it on social media so he leaked a bunch of other stuff from the other conferences yeah right? so he, he leaked a fair bit and he had stuff on Nintendo but Nintendo obviously their lawyers got to him beforehand and sort of put a stop to it but um, like if it was just like a, a dot point of like yeah, it's going to be talking about this this and this and this Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be there uh, Banjo Kazooie was going to what well, was going to be announced. That would have been a, like that would have been a huge disappointment to me. And I was actually thinking at the time, all right, I've got to get off Twitter before because it was only like a under a day into it. I'm like, all right, I've got to stay off. So I'm actually um, surprised by some of this stuff because like Banjo and um, yeah, uh, Breath of the Wild at the end, like especially Breath of the Wild, we weren't expecting anything to do with uh, another Zelda game there. So seeing that was like, oh wow, yeah. Mm definitely uh two other things i wanted to get your thoughts on spoiler related is speculation uh a spoiler nope like so for example star wars coming out at the end of the year if we talk about what potentially that movie is going to be is that spoilers putting the idea of what it could potentially be into people's minds yeah setting expectations maybe too high setting yeah yeah. nah i don't think so i've heard people say different but yeah that's just nerd everyone's coming together to sort of get excited what might happen have discussions that's what social media is all yeah. about sort of getting excited yeah. about that's stuff part of the fun of waiting for something to come out yeah yeah older on explosion yes um <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out and, and then the last thing are our opinions spoilers because i've seen that on the internet the last mm. maybe a few months yeah oh you gave this movie a 9.5 i can't see it yet it's a spoiler i your your opinion on this has spoiled my viewing of the because you've set my expectations for what this thing is going to be. You chose oh, okay. to read it or listen to it or view it. Fuck off. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes when they say, "Oh, I'm not going to spoil it," but that ending, whoa, what a cliffhanger! Then, like throughout the whole thing, you're just thinking, "All right, what's going to happen?" Then you're sort of thinking more in depthly about, like, say that character. So, is that character going to portray him? I know he's a really good guy, but. Mm. If, if there's a twist at the end that might be the twist and you start thinking of, thinking that way so it mm. might sort of yeah. it might sort of make you like think too much about something while you're actually experiencing it rather than just taking it in that's that's on the shoulders of whatever media you're consuming at the time if it's a movie and I know there's a ba- like a twist ending or something iconic's going to happen it's doesn't matter it's up to the movie to immerse me enough where I stop asking questions mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying and watching it I saw yesterday um, last week and it had a Metacritic of 50 I didn't read any reviews so I'm like wow that got hammered um, I'm still going to see it because I've already watched a trailer and I am um, and, and I watched it and I got out and I'm like man I can see why it was a Metacritic of that score and I reckon if I go read some reviews now um, some of the stuff that I, I was I wouldn't say nitpicking but some of the stuff that really annoyed me I reckon that, that, that those would be the reasons in the review. I didn't go back and check any reviews or whatever because I'd already formed my kind of opinion. Um, but I guess even if I knew it was like he's saying, oh, it's too, it's a high score, I can't see it or I know this has happened, like it's still need to form your own opinion. When I've seen stuff that's high scored or, or you know reviewed quite well, I'm like, oh, that just reinforces my interest in it. I'm like, And not to the point like, oh, you know, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I'm like, well, it's just reinforcing that. See the witness uh, as a game, get a 10, and then go, yeah, fuck yes. Um, I was already interested in this and this, and then I play it and go, oh, it's not a 10. The, the review fucking ruined it for me, or whatever. And the same... 
No. You you no. you spoiled it. It's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. I I don't yeah. really look at any of that and go. It's it's not my measuring stick when I'm consuming something. Well, well, this said that that was that, and it should have been way better than you know because I went into it with the, what they they scored it as or something like that. That kind of expectation. Yeah, the closest thing of that like uh, for that for me would be like La La Land. I went into it I'm like, oh, this has got great reviews. I like musicals and that. And I watched it, and I watched it with my mum and a few others too. And we sort of thought, oh, we didn't really, we didn't really enjoy it that much. And it got like, I've heard nothing but good things about it, and like, it didn't. Obviously, that didn't ruin it for us. But we went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be a great movie. There's nothing but good things said about it, and yeah, it's like, oh, okay. And you came out and said it was great. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that at all. I said, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was my favorite movie. That year, so I, hate you, Andrew. I don't know if I was missing anything, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know you love it. it like, that's what I mean. I heard nothing but good things about it. Everyone's <laughs> I'm like, sorry I spoiled. I'm sorry I spoiled, spoiled it for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you spoiled it for me. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to discuss about that. So I think we covered pretty much everything. Sweet. Um, yeah. Just don't spoil no, how the t- Titanic fin- uh, finishes. I'm halfway through it. Don't anyone tell me. Sorry, Drew, it's based on a real-life event. It hit an iceberg. <gasps> Hashtag buoyancy gate. Did it, but you, it, we won't tell you what specifically happened to the characters on the Titan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buddy, you want to talk about something video game related, I guess? I do, VR. So, uh, this kind of stems off the back of Drew recently getting a PlayStation mm-hmm. VR. Yeah. Uh, of course, myself and Ash, we got one in the last around six Christmas months, time yeah. when they were we're on the same sale. Quite. Yeah, would have had a great sale. And Paul over here, Mister I, Moneybags Collector Edition, Paul got one day one. Yeah, way back. Uh, what was it? Twenty sixteen. When they were like a gazillion million dollars. The cost of a console, they were like six hundred bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, five fifty. No, five forty nine with without a camera. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus. And I didn't have the camera. Yeah, I know. It's Who had crazy. the camera? Nobody. <laughs> I had I had a camera. I traded my camera in. Actually, I never used yeah, it. I, when the uh, PlayStation Four came out, I got the the square one, but uh, the original model of the camera. Oh yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've I've got a yeah. camera. I don't need like the new round one. But you can't actually get a model of the um, VR now without the camera. So I've just got two PlayStation cameras now. For traded in at EB, I think I got twenty three bucks for one it. of the square ones, the original model. Yeah. Okay. I might have yep. to, or I can get five cents from EB Games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it was it was EB Games. What did I? What did I uh, say? JB. No, you said EB. <laughs> oh no, no. Sorry, no. We don't we don't take hardware. Um, JB doesn't take hardware. Yeah, do it at EB Games. Twenty three dollars, and I just turned it into PSN money. Mm. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> It might have been 27, actually. That was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, point of the story is I just wanted to check. Uh, VR, PlayStation VR has been out since 2016. Now we've got the Oculus Quest, I think, and kind of the VR movement pushing forward. I just wanted to see if everyone, how everyone felt about VR now um, and whether it was, you, you think it's fad, it's the future, what it's going to be like, uh, where it is, where it's at, all that kind of uh, stuff. And I guess I really want to start with you, mm. Drew, because I guess you're the most recent... Uh, entry into the the world of playstation vr yeah so before i actually bought my own i only had one experience with uh uh i think it was the the vive at uh pax one year pax 2017 or 2018 
uh, it was like one of those uh, sort of uh, demo units they set up and it was actually on a treadmill and you're like you're holding like a sort of a gun controller so you're actually like physically oh yeah I've seen those yeah, yeah you're actually like physically running through the area and like I was, th- there was not much to the game it was just like you're in like a basketball stadium and there's like these flying enemies and you're just shooting them there was no like score or anything and I was like huh that was that was interesting like uh, it was sort of a bit more uh, like I really like noticed like the blur and everything on there so I'm like yeah it was okay like I wouldn't um, I wouldn't go out and spend the thousands of dollars on it but for like a few hundred bucks on the PlayStation I'll be all about it I'm keen to like try new ways of like uh, like developers making games and that so uh, they had the the mega pack for $300 at uh, Big W a couple of weeks ago for the PlayStation VR so I jumped on it there and great value and the, the main reason I wanted to get it was for Beat Saber because I absolutely love rhythm games and like a, like a light drumming and all that stuff and it was just like a game that was like just pretty much made for me so that was the main game I bought it for and to be honest it's the only game I've played on the VR I've got I got the Mega Pack obviously so I've got like a five other games with it but th- that was the one I was most keen for and whenever I turn on the PlayStation I've got like an Astro Bot and stuff there I'm like I'm really keen to play that but I just feel like wave my arms about and sort of trying to get better at this game and uh, yeah really get into it and I was pretty impressed it's a, tes- it's a testament to how be- good Beat Saber is mm. that, that that's what's yeah. happening and it's like I could play this awesome game that's gotten rave reviews but Beat Saber I could just uh, slash these blocks <laughs> at me yeah and like I'm really impressed with it like I, was, I heard like things like oh it's more blurry than the vibe and all these things like oh, it's one of the, it's the weakest unit which it is and that's why I got it for the cheapest but I was quite impressed with it. Like, it's not it's not as blurry as I sort of imagined it to be. And, um, like, I, I played, like, Beat Saber for, like, probably an hour and a half, like, the first day I got it and took off the helmet. And my eyes, like, it, they weren't strained that much. Like, I was quite... I thought I'd be, like, oh, pretty get pretty sick because back in the day when I first got my Xbox 360, I remember playing Call of Duty and just, like, looking around real fast. It was, actually made me a bit queasy. So I thought oh, okay. I was going... I thought it was going to be a goner with the the VR helmet, but uh, yeah, no, I actually handled it pretty well. But um, I guess beat uh, beat saber is a bit of a different beast because you're just standing there, you're not actually moving. So yeah, go play rigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see I, how you go. Yeah, but if I play something where I'm like, can you still moving, play rigs? Yeah, I don't know. Have yeah. they shut down the servers? I don't know. Maybe they probably have. The, the studio's gone, aren't they, for rigs? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. That 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 looks like a lot of fun, actually. I don't like. If it didn't make you sick, I reckon that would be fun to sort of like doing the mech combat. It, but, uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm really happy with it. Can to hear what some of you uh, experts in the VR uh, space have to say? Well, speaking of experts, like we said before, Paul James, day one early adopter. Uh, obviously, by money bags. You're, yeah, <laughs> obviously, um, yeah. Paul didn't eat for a month uh, when he brought that. Uh, what you just <laughs> said before, you've obviously played more games than just Beat Saber. Um, what what are your thoughts on <laughs> VR and, and is is it is it a fad or, or is it here to stay and how's your experience th- been with it? I think it's still here to stay, but it's it's still this weird thing. And I've only got PlayStation VR, but um, it kind of comes and goes in fits and starts. You tend to get little waves of VR titles. It's it's usually about this sort of window that May through July sort of period where you get this string of VR games. So the last few years we've seen Moss and we've seen Astrobot and other titles. This year we're getting blood and truth we're getting everybody's golf vr we're getting trover saves the universe um etc etc and then it goes quiet for 
nine to ten months again and then it picks up and it's it seems like this window is a good window to release those sort of games i guess because it's a bit quieter for the traditional triple a stuff um but i'm happy with where the technology is at i'm happy with where the games are going uh oculus quest really speaks to me um being able to play that thing wirelessly wirelessly looks really cool mm-hmm. um go down the street and, and play it as well yeah well i saw a <laughs> uh photo of uh what's his name uh, adam boys used to work at playstation uh he he'd gone away with his family and they were parked at a tesla spot so he's clearly putting that uh, playstation money to good use but uh he he was parked there and while the car was charging both him and his son have popped on oculus quest they're standing in an empty tesla car park spot and they're waving their arms around playing some form of vr game his wife took a photo of him mm, it's that's great. how you get stabbed <laughs> oh yeah yeah take the headset off where are my shoes someone took off my shoes while i was where, where are the controls i thought they were in my hand where are the controls <laughs> yeah yeah you just say like uh you in your, in your view of the actual game, you just see like your controls getting further and further away. Like some like someone's come up and stole them and just running off with them. <laughs> and what so about- yeah, pretty happy with yeah. where the tech's at at the moment. Um, it's continuing to develop. It's I remember Shu Praise Bee's name uh, spoke about at the beginning of the when VR first launched that they looked at this as being like their PlayStation One hmm. yes. uh, version of VR. So I'll be keen to see what happens when we see it inevitably get um, replaced in some way, shape or form when the next generation PlayStation comes along. Um, we're already seeing, obviously, via the other platforms, how that technology is developing. So I'm pretty happy with where things are at at the moment. Mm. Yeah. There's my two cents. And what about you, Ash? Yeah, I definitely see it as being a niche thing at the moment and probably still will be for a while, at least until the price point comes down a fair bit, I would imagine. Yep. Um, obviously with the smaller catalogue of games it's there's sm- less things to get into but we've seen I think probably Blood and Truth and other story based games are the things that are going to start pushing the medium forward and uh, get people more invested in spending multiple hours inside their VI, VI headset even if it is wired and everything which I think is like the biggest drawback at the moment uh, even though it's like ne- a necessity there's no- nothing you can do about the wires um but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, I haven't picked it up in a while, but uh, when I have, obviously, Beat Saber is a great thing. Uh, definitely check out the VR World demo thing. It's worth yeah, get going through at tank. least for the getaway thing or whatever it's called. Yeah, there was the, um, the London Heist. London Heist, that's it. Which was yeah, then kind of the, the tech demo for Blood and Truth, essentially. Hmm. But um, like I threw my... Uh, when, when I first got the VR, I... I messed around with myself. I jumped into VR worlds and then I put uh, like my granddad and just a whole bunch of people oh. into into VR worlds and got them in the shark tank, like the the undersea exploration one. And like I just sat back and I'd watch and like, I, you know, the you have to have the uh, the lights all off so that it can pick up all the lights on the thing and they're gawking around and then all of a sudden, me knowing what was coming up, the shark comes up and chomp on the front of the cage and you see them like launching their seats and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and like... Now, the granddad, maybe I should have maybe signaled that a little bit more in case a heart attack was <laughs> come on. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't occur. Uh, but, like, it's it's proof of how the technology can work and when it continues to develop further. And I think that point that Shu made about it being a, you know, this is its first generation. It will develop. It will get better. It will we'll stick with it. I think 
that's proof of what the technology can do and we just need it to develop further. Mm. Have and you, the likes of Blood and Truth show that. Have you put your VR headset on somebody and their opinion of VR or, or it has kind of influenced them to buy it or get a VR and go, oh, I, I should get this or this is really cool? I've had people buy it because of yeah, messing around with it with me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things as well. Like you think about the Nintendo Wii and how accessible it was and how fun. You could just give a Wii remote to anybody and they were able to play it, whereas I feel like it's a lot harder with VR, but it almost has the same effect. Once you play it and once you experience it yourself, yeah. you're like, wow, this is... This is kind of something else. So if that can, yeah. Yeah, that's another obstacle yeah. that you kind of have to overcome. Well, there's a big cost thing associated. It's not just like a console for the Wii. You're also having to pick up the VR on top of it. It's mm. it's a multi-layered expense that you've got to pick up there. But I did manage to make that happen. So PlayStation, I will take your money. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> not sure they're going to take you up on that offer, unfortunately. Call me an influencer and give me 50 bucks. <laughs> Oh, that's a bargain. A pat in the back. Uh, It'll be coming in the mail, don't you worry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What about you, buddy? How are you feeling about PSVR or VR in general at the moment? Good. I think it's really good. Um, definitely enjoying it. I definitely agree with you. I think it's uh, very much niche. I think I yeah, disagree with you that it's going to be niche for quite some time. Um, like you said, being tethered, uh, having to already own specific hardware, whether it be a PlayStation 4 or... You know, high-end PC for Oculus Survive or something like that, and and the price point—they're all kind of the huge barriers combined that stop, I guess, non-gamers or, or even the like. They're really—it's you know only the hardcore or whatever. You know, not, not hardcore, but the diehards that get everything. You know, the people that buy everything. The like people the that spend far too much money, like myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's right. Yeah. So that are yeah, going to jump on you. You, yeah. you need it to almost become. <laughs> second nature where like oh yeah well there's the console and i'll grab a vr in in kind of a in a mainstream um, mindset um i definitely don't feel like it is a fad like i definitely feel like this is going to be the future and become mainstream like like i said the the, the costs accessibility all that kind of stuff we've seen it with the oculus quest you don't need any anything else to run it or whatever uh, I think that's going to be definitely pushed not just not just gaming but uh, everything else forward as well so I definitely don't think it's a fad um, whereas when it initially came out I'm like great how long is it they're going to support this where I don't really have those worries now and that's kind of that's probably why I brought one so yeah I'm pretty happy overall yeah yeah I, I do you reckon oh, sorry you go Ash no do you reckon the porting of different games to VR is helpful more helpful or more hindrance like, is it better to have games that people obviously know and want to experience in VR, or is it better for them to be making games specifically for specifically. VR? Specifically. Like your Fallouts and your Skyrims. Yeah, see, I'm not... There's, there's a bit of both. Yeah. I think you can, like, you get people in the door, you get their hardcore in the door with uh, the the mosses and the astrobots and the exclusives, the, the things that were born out of a single concept that is a VR-based one. But you can get other people in the door via your Skyrim ports, or or we've got uh, the Cyberpart, the the Wolfenstein VR game that's coming in a few weeks, and all those sorts of titles. I think help uh, get the platform out there and make it more accessible. 
So I think there's there's a place of both. Yeah, it's two different markets you're kind of attract there. Like, oh yes, I want these VR experiences, and then other people that are like, well, I know what Skyrim is, I know what Doom is. Uh, now they have a VR thing. Cool, I'm going to try that. So yeah, and you get people in the door with it. I mean, Borderlands was one, Doom was one, Skyrim was another. Fallout's been there. Bethesda seems to be doing it mostly. But anyway, <laughs> um, like they love those IP do help. Yeah, hundred percent. Whereas you look at Astrobot on the shelf and I go, what the fuck's that? Like, only one of the greatest. If VR I'm that layman, <laughs> yeah. If I'm that layman yep. though on the street, like I, I, it's got no brand power at all. But Skyrim does. Yeah, mm, yeah, certainly. For some reason, even though The Witcher Three is infinitely better than it. <laughs> Just a... side uh, note. <laughs> I haven't played either, so I can't. I can't help. Boo him. Boo me. Spoil it on him. Yeah, you can spoil them. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, VR. I think uh, anyone else want to uh, say anything else before we move on? Uh, it, it's uh, really good. Looking forward to playing some more, and uh, hopefully the the technology gets better and it sort of finds more people in their homes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think especially after this E3 where they had that upload VR conference you see that it, there is a market for it and people who actually care mm. enough to organise something off their own back. Um, and I hope that, it, that there isn't so much exclusivity and that sort of thing for VR in the future. At least, like, you'd hope that at least to start off with, everything would be on everything, but mm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I think it's going to stay the way it is because that's how you sort of drive people to, towards your platform rather than, uh, yeah, just not <laughs> like especially with like playstation they're not, obviously not going to put anything on vive or anything like that and yeah facebook and uh valve are going to do the same thing yep yep mm. cool uh paul you've got an interesting topic for us to talk about this week so very open-ended and even i, I worry even with the way i'm posing this question I, it sounds like i'm putting my opinion out there i'm not the question is how influential is the modern influencer, quote-unquote? And it kind of in, uh, first popped into my mind because of the unfortunate death of the, the week we're talking about this. Um, Etika, a YouTuber, I believe it was... I didn't actually follow him all that much beforehand. I believe it was primarily YouTube. I don't know if he did anything on Twitch or any of that sort of thing as well. Probably. But um, he did, yeah. He, he unfortunately uh, uh, died this past week. Um, and I saw this outpouring of support and emotion and memories from a from a whole bunch of different people. Um, Drew, did you did you follow him a little bit? Is that yeah, something I'd I, gathered? I, I from... followed him a little bit, and Bryce followed him uh, a bit more than me. And uh, like he was just a real positive sort of uh, member, of, especially of the Nintendo community. Um, he, like he mainly played like you know Nintendo games and. Um, like a lot of the lead up to Super Smash Bros he was there with like the big re- reacts to all of the characters coming out and um, as far as like the reaction culture on YouTube he he put out some of the most enthusiastic and uh, sort of excited sort of uh, responses to the content that was dropping and um, yeah, a lot of people like resonated with him and thought he was a you know a, a great you know member of the um, Nintendo community and yeah it's a uh, like I, I saw this news and I was just like oh like, because for the last few months we've been hearing like he's been struggling and he's like some some things have been coming up on his channel that you know shouldn't be there. Like he, he what happened? He uh, he put up some um, 
like distressing sort of like you know i think he did a live stream when he was like a he was uh, yelling getting quite frustrated obviously he was struggling with something that was like some of the first signs and then he uploaded a like a full-on like hayante movie like a like pornography and that's what got his channel closed down he started up a new one and all that but yeah like the, the signs were there um you know people that felt- explains why i couldn't find anything when i went looking for him then because I wasn't aware of that. Mm, yeah, there's a there was a lot was going on. Like he, he was showing the signs, and I think a lot of us were like, "Oh, man, I hope, uh, I hope he, uh, you know, finds peace and like looks, you know, finds what he needs to do to get better." But unfortunately, it resulted in him taking his own life, which uh, which is awful. And like a lot of people in our community sort of like shown uh, shown their respects and shared some of their favorite memories of him. Mm. Yeah, and I've seen nothing but positive stuff over the course of the the week, give or take, since since that actually occurred. Um, and I think about your other, and not all of the examples I'm going to reference are, are deaths here, but I think about uh, like Total Biscuit a, a few years ago. He died of cancer, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you get things like, and this is one that not not a death, not a death, not even close to being on the same level as either of those two things. But I think about as a big. Um, long-standing kind of funny fan when uh, Colin had his whole incident this tweet that basically resulted in him leaving and how like that mm-hmm. actually affected me quite yeah. a lot in terms yeah. of what was going on there uh, being a fan of both sides of the whole situation like both people on both sides of the situation there um, I still to this point sit back and hope that not that they'll ever work together because I think that's a foregone conclusion but I'd love to just have some sort of peace of mind that Greg and Colin in particular still friends in some way shape or form and at this point that doesn't look like it's the case they are not uh but uh but it's like i just i'd love for something to just work out there and i'm like hanging on the day that hey we're just we caught up for a beer and that's it yeah like whatever nothing nothing more of it but they caught up for a beer and like sweet and like i'm i'm emotionally invested in that whole thing but um i think about these influences and the one that really made me think about it was the total biscuit one when he died uh there was i don't know maybe a good week or two where it was it was being discussed quite quite common um quite commonly there was uh, i think his wife took on uh control of his twitter account for a while there to kind of pass on details of bits and pieces and and extend thanks and all that sort of stuff which i thought was great and then the conversation just died completely sorry really bad choice of wording there um sorry just the the, it's the conversation just stopped yeah um and that we're not at that point with etiquette yet but I think about those sort of examples and then I think about, say, the likes of Carrie Fisher or uh, one, again, in my personal thing, uh, Chester Bennington when he died, for, uh, so vocalist from Linkin Park a few years ago. And I feel like the traditional um, media sort of person, be them an actor, a musician, whatever, I feel like something huge that happens in that world still affects the the general public more so than what happens if it's a YouTuber or like a streamer, the the modern influencer. So I was really curious to see what people thought on that sort of that difference there. How how things kind of stand is it is it just that the modern influencer sort of trend is still so young and it's in its infancy that we haven't been able to develop like say Carrie Fisher. There's thirty odd years of stuff there that we've kind of know her for and we've built that attachment. Is it just because it's so new still that that's creating a different sort of response from us? Hmm. Anyone got any ideas at all? Um, well, I don't walk into work and all of a sudden they're like, oh, did you hear that YouTuber died or passed away? I don't. Yeah. Um, well, that that influencer or this person, but just because of how well they're known. 
and that's it yeah if you're in kind of in the like the the community that we are then obviously the, the people of like-minded interests and know who these people are i didn't know who that person was but um a lot of people like you said bryce follows him drew you know mm-hmm. of him or have followed him a little bit so that kind of in our thing we see that um whereas outside of that it's doesn't it's not even like a, a splash of water in the like the gigantic grand scheme of things and i don't think that's because of oh you know new media old media i just think it's because of like awareness and yeah. um the the one big thing that and uh, let me make sure i'm being clear i'm really trying to be as respectful as possible in this sort of case i'm certainly not trying to demean what the any of these people have kind of created along the way whether whether they're our in youtube influencers or old school actors or musicians i i the the thing that was kind of ticking around in my head when i was trying to compare and contrast the two different sorts of scenario, scenarios is that total biscuit etika or anyone else kind of in this youtube sort of culture at the moment all their stuff is more in the moment it's a reaction to something it's commentary on something mm-hmm. um so whether they whether they live they die whether they they remain prominent or they don't that um that video that they created or whatever it is it's already a time capsule as it is that is con- uh, constrained purely to that particular period whereas say a Carrie Fisher or a Robin Williams or something like that, their, their work doesn't necessarily age, so it can continue to affect people beyond their death, whatever whatever the case may be. I, I, I feel like in some respects it's almost also kind of a nature of what they actually do that kind of has this little bearing on how we respond in the event that something horrible happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, say, say with etiquette, like... He, like he he appeals to like a subsect of a subsect of a subsect. Like he's he, like he mainly focuses on Nintendo games. He didn't always focus on Nintendo games. He started off on Minecraft, but eventually you know he came down to Smash and sort of these like games. And like there's there's a community I'm in which is a very very uh, Nintendo focused. Um, but like the gaming uh, sort of uh, community as a whole, they might not know about him. But like stuff like you know Robin Williams and Linkin Park, obviously like who who hasn't heard of them who hasn't watched one of their movies who hasn't listened to one of their albums like especially like with Chester like who who doesn't like Linkin Park Cause like I know my age everyone like loves Linkin Park might be the odd person that never said anything because they're all afraid but <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I feel like it's it's just the, uh, the the depends what group you're sort of you're sort of in and like with with a lot of the YouTube um, sort of personalities, you feel like you know them. You feel like uh, they're your friend. You feel like you know you can sort of relate to them. They're someone who loves games. They're someone who's just in front of their computer talking, doing whatever they're doing. But you might not be able to relate as much to like a a lead singer for one of the most famous bands in the world. You might not be able to relate to one of the most famous voice actors and actors in the world. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just a different roles, different different ways of communication and connecting and yeah like I, I personally feel when something like that happens in like my area whether it was like Greg and Colin and the kind of funny split up or you know uh, deaths uh, here and there if if I'm if that's a part of my everyday life where I'm listening to their podcast and I'm watching their videos that is something what really does affect me and it like it, it hits me like hard uh, yeah but yeah Yes, 
that's, that's yeah that, that was kind of thing for me is yeah almost almost the nature of what is being uh what the the art is that's being created is i think for me the one that kind of uh launched uh launched the question there i think how we mm. respond is uh difference uh differs a little bit as a result um because yeah i mean i haven't one of the big youtubers or whatever that i follow hasn't fortunately touch uh touch wood experience like there's i've not experienced that sort of thing yet the closest i've had has been that colin greg sort of breakup and and that did sort of affect me in a way so it, yeah I was, I was kind of interested to see what all of you kind of thought and how have these sorts of things affected you over the journey whether it's anyone that we've mentioned there someone else entirely whether they're in, whether they're on youtube whether they're a musician actor whatever the case may be i was curious to see kind of how those sorts of things have affected people yeah and, and, and yeah it I might also be like if, is it, if there's a smaller band where the lead lead singer uh, passed away you're like oh i don't know that band so you don't really care it might be you know yeah. the same on the opposite side of the spectrum as well yeah absolutely mm. yeah i think that it's just such a new medium that people don't probably don't have or at least people our age don't have that attachment to them i feel like probably kids younger than us who have like grown up with youtube and been watching i don't know the Smowdown or the fine brothers or something if one of them or the well hang the green brothers if one of them something happened to one of them they would be super deeply affected yeah the way we are with the people that we grew up with with robin williams with chester bennington with those kind of people so i feel like it's just a generational thing yeah, yeah. um well, yeah, I actually yeah, heard definitely. about Etika, even though as much as I try to immerse myself in the whole games business side of things, I actually heard about Etika via one of my Year 12 students before. He's, hey, did you hear about this? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I don't. like. So even within mm-hmm. our space, it's easy to lose track of certain things if they're not right in your wheelhouse, whether they're not something you'd immerse yourself in already. But yeah, it was, and YouTube's like a niche thing as well. Each yeah. person's got their own personal taste, so it's not like the mainstream. Like if something happened to PewDiePie, we'd all know about it. It would have some sort of effect in our lives, mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, buddy. What do you think? It, man? It's it's apples and oranges. As far as like big ones for me that were kind of not content creators or part of new media, I, I guess. Well, like like Mac Miller. Um, obviously not as mainstream as like a Chester Bennington or something like that. Like you walk into a store, like Mac Miller died, you know, retail, where, wherever you work and you have a conversation, Mac Miller passed away. It's like, yeah, okay, who's that? Or, all right, I think I've heard that name before. Where it's to me, like I grew up listening to the mixed, his mixtapes. He was one of my favorite rappers. I've been following him from kind of the beginning. So when that happened to me, it was like, oh how deeply that hit me even though he he's not kind of this new new media or whatever he yeah. was still he's still less he's still lesser known than other people as well and i'm like oh it's only you know me and my friend and in my little circle that really got hit hard by that like it's like damn every time like mac miller comes on now it's like oh yeah this makes me yeah miss him i guess that we're not no we're not going to um get new music or that's kind of like a yeah. real, a waste of his life and particularly how he passed away so but it's funny you think about that new media like kind of the YouTubers that I grew up with and first hit like Ray William Johnson uh, Mystery Guitar Man uh, Dave Days Day Storm all those kind of yep. things if something happened to one of those you know in 10 years time or later down in my life I, I'd still I'd still know that and like oh wow yeah, that's, that was a part of my life 
at some at some point and I have a memory of them and like that might not hit yeah. me as hard as something else or bad news or or whatever but um I'd still like it would still be a bit of a, a shock I guess because mm. they they I guess they are influencers or content creators or, or or somebody that has influenced me and and how I've grown up and you know affected what what I like or my taste in music or or kind of formed some part of my identity so yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I I remember in high school when I was thinking. Well, I was listening to these podcasts every day. Like back then, it was like a lot of the IGN ones. I was thinking, what happens if something if something happened to the, one of these guys and, uh, like this thing that I love just stops all of a sudden? I was thinking, like, once once that happens, and I remember <clears throat> probably that week or maybe even the month. I can't remember, but Greg Miller actually mm. put up on the IGN blogs that. Um, he had cancer and I was like oh and I just remember being hit with that sense of dread being like oh no like you know this person doesn't know me or anything but you know I've listened to him for hours and hours at this point and I've sort of grown a sort of a little bit of a connection to him just through that and yeah it, it does hit you hard like it's like a good friend um, is going th- is going to be going through this and are they going to be okay and it's a it's something that's a yeah I guess new to this uh, YouTube and podcasting in that age but you know you do have these uh, feelings for people um, of care that are you know that the don't other person know I you always think of is never you, know, you just said but, IGN podcast is Marty yeah. Sleever and how he kind of just disappeared from IGN um, mm-hmm. either yeah. something as bad has happened that's caused him to be let go or maybe something you know personal has happened that because I know he had he's quite open about making fun of himself being Personal. self-deprecating yeah. in, in the sense that he was an alcoholic and all that kind of thing and I was like damn I always wondered if he was okay because he was one of my favourite personalities what I was led to believe is there was some sort of incident apparently at IGN there'd been some sort of incident he left but then yeah he just went totally radio silent it, it is yeah that is like you a question I continue to have like what happened to him like I, I was invested in that guy and what he did and he was a great personality and you know, inspired a lot of thought and opinion and those sorts of things within the shows and within my own head. Yeah. So it, I'd always love to know what's actually going on there and the fact that that's unanswered. Yeah, it's it's, it's not about like, oh, I need to know what happened, but if he was just like, came out like, hey guys, I'm doing all good, um, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, and sorry, was, that's what I mean. And it was, no, it was not like, oh, this happened, that happened, this is the, the scoop or this is the goss or whatever. I'm like, if he just came out and goes, oh yeah, I'm doing all good, um, that, that would be like, oh, thank God, you know, like this one of my favorite video game personalities and opinions mm. that I respected quite uh, well that's kind of just kind of disappeared I'm like at least that guy's okay <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. It's sort of a similar case with like Greg and Colin like w- what happened with that like if you listen like throughout beyond for the 300 episodes all on when they were just like you're pretty much in the middle of their friendship and like their banter and everything and you're sort of you get to know them through their relationship together and when that relationship sort of gets cut in half and you're like, oh, all right. And like, you sort of, you sort of like, oh, it's none of my business if they're going through some shit and um, it's, it, they don't have to share it with us. But at the same time, uh, us, us being there every week, them in our ears and it's kind of heartbreaking that uh, it would end on such bad terms. Mm. Yeah, no, 100% yeah. agree. Mm. Um. But that's that's about all I had for that particular topic because it was really interesting to kind of 
see how different people from different fields, whether that's the traditional forms of entertainment or this new media sphere, how that kind of affects people differently. Because, yes, maybe maybe someone um, hasn't died, but things like, say, for example, that kind of funny split up can still have an impact. Um, yeah. And I was, yeah, I was really curious to see what people thought about that whole thing. Mm. And it was yeah, spurred on by a really unfortunate situation. I, I do send my best to family, friends, fans, all that sort of thing because... It's a hard time if you got if you're invested. Yeah, Again, obviously, obviously, as a family and friend, that's a given. But as a fan, like it, it can be hard to take. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. that's a lot heavier than I thought it was going to be when you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh. Uh, let's bring it up, Drew. You wanted to talk about music, which I feel like is a running theme for last subjects on this show. Yeah, well, this was actually inspired by Simon, because um, he he started up a brand new Drop podcast, a Take My Tone, and. Um, sort of through listening through that uh, and uh, being on the show for one of the episodes um, it sort of made me think like since high school I really haven't sort of been on my toes sort of uh, getting uh, or listening to brand new music because uh, back in high school like with your iPod and uh, uh, sort of less uh, as good tools as we have now I used to go on and like put all my music into like, like this website so it sort of knows what I like when I try and find other similar bands and other genres that uh, sort of uh, it thinks I'll like through that. And I found like a lot of music that I really enjoy and still listen to now through doing that. And uh, But now we've got Spotify and everything that makes that a hundred times easier. I'm not actually using those tools where I should be because like since I fell into this rut of like just, all right, I've got this music that I like. And I'll keep listening to this <laughs> for years and years, but I'm not adding to it like I would have uh, used to back in high school. I was just wondering if, like, I know, I know that, uh, buddy, you're uh, really on top of your music and you were always looking for brand new songs and that. But I was, I was wondering, uh, buddy, how, how do you sort of uh, keep uh, your music discovery up? And uh, Paul and Ash, are you guys sort of um, taking new music all the time or have you fallen mm. into a similar rut I have? There's, there's two reasons why this happened. Uh, this, this happened to you. The first reason is you're an adult and you're time poor now. And you have more responsibilities. Mm. And the second one is that what they say is that uh, people's musical tastes don't actually progress from out of high school. And they I generally like that, yeah. and go back to the same stuff. Um, Accurate. Which I would definitely... <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm listening to so many like uh, punk, punk pop bands from 2004, 2005, circa that era. <laughs> era. Um, for me, I think it's definitely... Um, you've got to be proactive and you've got to do it it just doesn't accidentally happen I don't listen to a lot of radio despite my love of radio uh, I generally like talk back when I listen to radio so music discovery never really happened for me and I never used to work in a place that played music in the background when I worked at the pharmacy so for me it was totally foreign for new music discovery so I was definitely had to go out there and do that myself um, thank god we had the era of YouTube popping up and, and musical videos and you being able to like almost that acting as the first version of iTunes or Spotify where you had kind of really anything at your fingertips. So I think a lot yeah. of it is situational and uh, having the mindset. So even now you're going, I wish I could discover more music. Go do it then. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like on, on Spotify, it's got like the weekly playlist and like yeah. I listen through that all the time, but that also seems to feed like 
my like already uh, my tastes already. Yeah, so I've been I'm getting a lot of similar music as you're, well. You're already stuck into an algorithm, and the problem with some mm-hmm. of those playlists are uh, it's no different than listening to a here's Rick D's weekly top forty. It's the same songs that you heard last uh-huh. week, and it's the same songs that everyone is hearing right now. In a different order. Yes, yeah. that's Woo-hoo. right. The, uh, these I mean- are. <laughs> These are the same ten bands we like and love. You're never gonna, you're never gonna dig beneath the surface. You're never gonna. This is the same ten bands that gave us a bunch of money to play these ten songs. Yeah, that's right. You're never gonna dig, <laughs> dig uh, deep enough to find the, the diamonds in the rough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, you're uh, never uh, gonna find that local band. You're never gonna find that uh, that up and coming yeah. rapper. Like when we found when I was talking about Mac Miller before, Mac Miller first uh, made the track Donald Trump, and that's kind of what propelled him to fame. <laughs> Um, yeah. and you can't actually get that on iTunes right now by the way for good for, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons but that yeah. was the thing that propelled him and he kind of was a little bit of a viral sensation and he was a rapper out of high school he was doing mixtapes there um, that were really good and then he released his first album Blue Side Park not long after that outside of kind of the YouTube thing or seeing the, the track come up here or there or whatever you would never have found him but he was a, I think he's a Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. So he was with Wiz Khalifa. So already, if you're a fan of Wiz Khalifa and they're collaborating and that's like, you, you go down that, that's how you could do it. You go down that rabbit hole or I need, you know, you, you Google it. Like bands like Motion City Soundtrack or insert whatever band you like. Bands like Bring Me the Horizon. And then you go through the list and it's about you. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to check this stuff out. You know what? I didn't like that band, and then you dig deeper and dig harder. So when you're in your, even when you're in your iTunes playlist right now, you would scroll down the bottom and you pick an artist, and you'd go down and be like, also you would you may also like, and there's a list of artists there, and you go into that one, and then they have that, and you dig even further. So and then that's kind of how you start really, yeah, diving into the layers, diving into diving into the layers, mm. and like I said previously as well, outside of like actively doing it, your situation is probably. Um, affecting you so for you Drew you're working out in the farm um, I'm not sure what your situation is but you uh, do you listen to much music daily? Uh, look I try to I fit in a fair few podcasts just with the nature of my of my work but yeah, um, I guess that also sort of takes time away from music yes that, see that that's that's what happened to me when I got mm. heavy into podcasts and initially it's like almost started to deteriorate and eat into my music time and I had to once again, cut back on podcasts or just let go of some that I would never get to so that I could allocate that, that time. So yeah. working at well, where I work, I get to listen to six albums, or 12 albums a day. And yeah. that's other people's... I mean, podcasts, podcasts are our modern talkback in a lot of ways too. Yeah. So um, some people are kind of hardwired for that sort of experience too. Or hardwired maybe a little bit. But they, they're geared for that particular sort of experience. There's lots of people that just prefer talkback because they they want to be stimulated in that particular way and music's not necessarily what does it for them. Mm. Um, Drew, you and I sound like we're very much in the same boat. I basically never listen to music because I, it's all podcasts. Mm. And my tastes certainly haven't developed, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I... Still, still, pretty much to Buddy's point four. Still listen to the same music that I was listening to when I was in that eighteen twenty two sort of window. And every now and then something comes along, but it's not because of um, iTunes or Spotify or they. It's that someone said, "Hey, listen to this," and they've stuck the headphones in my ears, and that's how I've. And to be fair, that's always how it's been for me. Because even when I was really young, I wasn't listening to music. Um, 
I'd be playing my games and I wasn't the sort to, and in many ways I'm still not the sort to listen to something else whilst playing a game. I will play that game and if it's, if I've got headphones on, it's me listening to the game's music or the game's soundtrack or the VO or whatever it is that's going on. Like, I'm trying not to mix up the different sorts of experiences. Mm. Um, so it kind of requires someone to go, hey, this this is a thing, listen to this, or me hearing it as I as I walk by in the schoolyard and I hear someone playing something, well, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, that's how I would pick up music over the journey for the most part. Yeah. Mm. And what about what about you, Ash? Are you, you kind of similar or in that regard? Or? Yeah, similar-ish, I guess. I, I feel like I'm constantly going back to the old stuff that it's just comfort food, I guess. Or com- Fallout Boy, Infinity on easy, a High. You know you're going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> Infinity on High. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, most the, the thing that I mostly get new music from is like TV and movies. Like I'll hear a song and something, and I'm like, I really like that. I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna find that. That's how I found out about Lizzo. That's how I found about uh, I know My Frightened Rabbit, a bunch of other bands, and then you sort of deep dive a little bit after that. Or also like social media. I think mostly Instagram when they added you could add music to different things. People, I'd sort of someone's story would have some music and i'm like oh I'll check that out that sort of thing but yeah that that but i tend to play the same songs like over and over mm-hmm. again and like only select songs so but that that's how i discover music i think but movies and tv are like the big thing i think yeah. heaps of things have that's shaped a lot of my music taste i yeah. think mm. yeah like like i said before i feel like even the new music i'm sort of finding and liking it is sort of like digging up like oh you like pop punk oh you like rock and it's sort of like new bands new songs but very similar sort of uh, tones and themes but, that, but so, that, that's that's still fine uh, as long you're still yeah. discovering music that's in your wheelhouse um, yeah I guess to get out of that once again you, you really have to be proactive in, in, in yeah, doing you that and, yeah. you have to set up a new Spotify account and uh, <laughs> just do a bunch of random songs yeah. <laughs> it, it is quite hard um, and it's actually a part of my process every Friday to look what's out and look what albums have dropped and kind of see what's what's kind of happening so i see a movie every thursday night late session by the time i get out and get home it's around midnight anyway as soon as midnight goes around uh i put my headphones on if i'm not playing games or something and i check what's albums have come out and i add them all to my playlist and i start listening and start filtering out if there's anything good in there and and i come that's kind of what how my music discovery process works um a lot of it doesn't stick and uh, you know I, I don't all of a sudden I don't get oh my god this is now one of my favourite artists of all time and I'm digging into the back catalogue but I may find like damn this is this might be one of my favourite albums of the year or this is really cool like I'm kind of yeah. getting it that way so and sometimes it's promotional stuff for other content too that also gets you going um, I still will always remember Borderlands 1 and the fact that they used Ain't No Rest for the Wicked in it um, and instantly that's that's a song that now is in fairly regular rotation had never heard it before then but thank you Borderlands 1 thank you Cage the Elephant that was a perfect collaboration and now I'm on board with it um, <laughs> pretty much I, anything from that Borderlands like well, all yeah. the songs from Tales of Borderlands I've added to playlists over the years yeah as that's, well, so. that's true as well um, and even uh, you know covers of songs every now mm. and then I remember Heart Shaped Box being used in promotion for Infamous Second Credits. Son and I was like yep. this is an awesome take on that song yep. and I picked it up from a trailer for a video game Dead Sarah yeah it was mm. great um, yeah. yeah the thing this is this is the homework for each of you 
<laughs> I don't know when it's. Oh, here we I go. don't want it's. I don't know when it's due. Go find an artist when that you like in iTunes or Spotify. I guess iTunes I'm more familiar with or whatever. Apple Music. Uh, go scroll down the bottom and see you may also like and see if you can come up with like another artist that you you like out of that or, or a song that you you don't know or something. Okay, will do. I'll do just that. I'll get I'll get back to you and you'll be like. Bad, bad, bad choice. <laughs> it doesn't even have to <laughs> be a choice. new artist. Obviously, you can just go, you know, oh shit, here's a band that's in the same genre or whatever that mm. has last recorded an album 15, but all their music's new to me, so. Yeah. 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 I, I just thought it would be... I think the real secret... Yeah. You go. Yeah, I just thought it would be an interesting thing to um, bring up because, like, I was thinking to myself, like, we've got such good tools now, but, yeah, I haven't made much progression since uh, 2012 or whenever it was. Um, but since I've been like last like really actively seeking out music yeah yeah I think the real secret is get someone like Buddy to tell you what to listen to yeah Church's album of the year <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a throwback yeah it'll be a good place to give yeah. a shout out to someone Blackburn's podcast too take my tone that I found that's um, never heard haven't of him you? Oh. No. Oh, no. Who's, who is that guy <laughs> no it's, like, it's just a great way of uh, sort of finding out about new music like he, he plays like a, a 30 second little bit I'm like oh like it catches my ear and there's a link to um, Spotify and you can listen to the whole thing the whole album oh you actually have like a bit of a discussion about it mm. like if it doesn't if it doesn't get you at first you'll hear like a bit of a backstory or a bit of an opinion and it was about why it's special to them yeah and it was yeah. so cool because uh, he recently had a guest on that um, played a D'Angelo song and um, <laughs> someone from work had introduced me to D'Angelo when I first started um working at the job I'm at now and I got into D'Angelo at the time and hearing her speak about D'Angelo and the song that she chose I'm like damn this is a good cool song that she's chosen I haven't heard this D'Angelo song before but I'm really hoping that whoever's listening now goes back and sees that like definitive album that he'd, he'd done because that's that's kind of where it's at like that song that she chose is awesome has a lot of meaning um, was mm. fantastic but I'm really if you find one of those you know bands or 30 second snippets of um you know the people that simon's playing on take my tone then you go okay i like that now instead of just going to play that song i'm going to go check out what they're best known for or what their album is or and then then see what what it, what it is from there so yeah and if you really like it you can go like like you said you can go to like similar to and go yeah. down the other band rabbit hole as well yeah 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 good actually now i think about it the other thing that's been pushed me well in the last year we were doing these Bevan Beat articles over at the Explosion mm-hmm. Network, these playlists. I'd be like, damn, my list is coming up. I need to listen to some new stuff <laughs> so I can seem cool. <laughs> yeah, you just got the playlist of like the same stuff from like high yeah. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, need to be current. <laughs> yeah. But Buddy does that stuff for a dash. You don't have an issue. You listen No, to he's like, so. I need a playlist this week and um an hour later I've I've sent him the playlist and I'm like he's like, Oh, can you cut it down to ten songs? So you've got thirteen here, I'm like it has to be these 13 and it has to no. be in this order. I've spent the whole last hour listening to music and curating this list to, to exactly what I need here. Like, don't don't stop me. Just send in the new Katy Perry don't album. Don't touch anything. <laughs> it. It's done. There's your list. Yeah, Great that's it. stuff. I've got nothing against Katy Perry. Cool. She's, I like Katy Perry, but what are you going to do? She's nice. <laughs> She's nice. She's in school. Alright, that seems like it's the end of this episode of Someone Simply Required. Our kind of monthly roundtable podcast where members across the Australian podcasting community get together with a random topic and discuss it amongst the assembly 
If you like that, be sure to follow Some Assembly Required over at dashgamer.com, iTunes, Spotify, and all other good podcasting services. You can follow at dashgamers on Twitter to find out when every episode drops. Uh, you can also follow the show at, on Twitter at assemblypod. Uh, Dash has kind of left it like blank since the show launched, so <laughs> well done, if mate. he gets an influx of followers, I'm sure he'll like put a little bit more effort into it. So please follow there just to give him some more work. Uh, so, uh, so guys where can people find you guys on the internet yeah Paul Uh, Paul James Games for me on the tweeters Drew oh you can find me at iDruby and uh, you can find me over at the House of Mario and Nintendo podcast every Tuesday and uh, soon to be my new podcast The Drew Story you can find me there as well exclusive ooh scoop is it exclusive oh D- depends if when this episode goes up but it might be <laughs> <laughs> timed exclusive yeah yeah uh buddy uh, you can find me at twitter on at buddy watson 12 i'm also a part of dash culture a fortnightly podcast about movies music tv video games and all that jazz and writing articles over at dash dot com there you go and ashley cool. where we can find you you can find me on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y, it's a thing. Uh, and over at Explosion Network, which you can find at explosionnetwork.com, where there's a bunch of stuff, so much stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> all, of the, all of the stuff. All of the things. All right, thank you very much for listening, and be sure to join us next time when another assembly as- is required to assemble stuff. I like stuff. <laughs> we like stuff here. Yeah. Stuff is good. Listen to new music. Gamer.com